all of the talks I give are available on Dharma Punks with an X NYC. And that leads to the podcast site and also all the articles I've written and uh, for various magazines are up there for free. So everything you can get, absolutely free of charge. Um, so, uh, perhaps the most uh, important uh, physiological, neurophysiological thing that people should know about in their own bodies is the way stress works. And to put it very simply, whenever you experience something that is placing a demand, especially a demand that you believe will have any future repercussions, uh, I, something that's somewhat important, um, a, a number of physiological uh, events occur. The first thing that happens is your, um, your what's called HPA axis of your brain um, uh, is switched on. Uh, there's an alert. And basically this triggers the uh, what's known as the sympathetic nervous system, which gets you activated. And there's a lot of stress hormones that are released, uh, such as cortisol, and there's norepinephrine that's released, and there is um, acetylcholine, which raises. And so there's um, this, you're in this activated response, and that's the first of the three types of um, stress. You, um, this is called, you know, uh, for lack, I'm just going to call it the activated state. And what it ha when that happens, the muscles become uh, tight, the blood starts to pump, you feel the hairs in the back of your neck standing up, you become ready for action. Even if it's just a project you have to do at work, it might not be anything that you have to particularly run or uh, flee, uh, you, you might not be attacked by bears, uh, probably you aren't, in fact. Uh, but anything that turns you on and says that there's something you need to deal with, uh, creates the activated state, uh, and that's synonymous with the sympathetic nervous system. And then, uh, hopefully, when you deal with whatever emergency or be, you find it's a, uh, it's a false alarm, uh, or you you come to the realization there's nothing you can do about the issue right now. Uh, you then engage the second part of the system, which is the parasympathetic nervous system, which releases the um, hormones and neurotransmitters that shut you down. Uh, for instance, serotonin, GABA, um, uh, others, I think vasopressin perhaps. So um, this whole system, activation, then deactivation, is, a ver is happening all the time throughout your life. And uh, if everything goes well, you're constantly activating yourself when you need to deal with anything important. Uh, you have to run to work, you have to deal with a, a situation at work, and then as you deal with each situation, if things work out well, you deactivate yourself and return to what's called homeostasis, so that there's a kind of regulation going on. Guess what? The problem is, as uh, the person who first discovered this system, an uh, endocrinologist named Selye, discovered that most people aren't in this optimistic turning themselves on, turning themselves off. What we do very well is we activate ourselves, but uh, in especially our modern culture, we don't do a very good job, in fact, of deactivating ourselves. And this brings up the third state. If 
when you're activated, when you're in a state of alarm, you're, you're uh, tense, you're, um, your heart's pumping, uh, the cortisol is, is in the brain, uh, what happens if we don't stop after we've dealt with the issue, calm down, return the breath to normal, return the body that's tense to a relaxed state, return the mind to a settled state where it's not jumpy. If we don't do these things, what happens is we remain, in fact, on alert. And a lot of us, when we are activated, we don't do that. We don't take the time to unwind, relax. And what we do instead is we turn to the next fire that needs to be put out at work, the next issue that needs to be dealt with. Sometimes we will just seek a distraction. So we'll become all tense. How dare they want me to do that? I don't have enough time. I can't deal with this. I'm going to go to Facebook. And I'm going to look at Facebook now. And then I'm going to, I'm going to Tinder that person in class. And then I'm going to go back to my Facebook. And then I'm going to, oh, shit, I have to deal with this email. How dare you? And so what happens is we are keeping ourselves in an activated state. And this creates the third state, which is called exhaust. <laughs> Literally, that's what Sellier called it, exhaust, overload, um, uh, and what this is known for is really, really uh, bad emotional and physiological results. What, what happens is we, one, um, as cortisol remains uh, in the synapses and in the brain, and also it's also found in the body, what happens is we develop problems with, we stop digesting, we stop producing white blood cells, we send all the blood to the muscles, and we only create red blood cells. So we, we basically switch off our immune system. And a lot of people theorize that it's chronic stress, which affects about 50% of our population, uh, is the cause of all the autoimmune diseases. And um, not only that, but the... Uh, the issues we have with uh, weight and with um, issues we have with um, arterial sclerosis. Um, it's bad. Just trust me. It's bad. Look it up. Stress, cortisol. You're not going to find a lot of good news about it. Um, you do need the cortisol if you're about to be eaten, if you're under attack, but most of us these days really aren't in those situations too often. So we, we, we live in legacy brains that have been around uh, without change since the Stone Age. We're in the 21st century. Uh, so we're, we're walking around with outdated um, uh, neural structures, and that tends to keep us needlessly activated, and we don't deactivate ourselves very well. So what happens when we're running around, though, um, uh, in an activated state without deactivating ourselves, in addition to all the, uh, the health effects, which are numerous, um, is that uh, we no longer have a lot of room to hold emotions, our own or other people's, and so we become very intolerant of other people. Uh, when we are stressed, when we are un there's an underlying tension in the body, in the breath, in the mind, we view other people's obstacles. The people you see in the street, get out of my way, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of my way. 
What the fuck are you doing? Get the hell out of here. What are you standing in the door? Get the fuck. So, uh, there's that. You know, there's first everything is an obstacle. And then, I'm sure you needed me to act that out. I couldn't have said that. I like to take, seize these opportunities to visual. I'm a little visual for you. Uh, and so then the next is um, the next is uh, oh when we don't when we are there's underlying stress when somebody we love we care about a friend comes up to us we really can't hold their emotional state we need we view them as problems that need to be solved that's the sh- one sign that we're under too much stress when a friend comes up to us and we're feeling this constant exhaust or this constant state of too much activation, what happens is we, when people come up to us and they say, oh, you know, I'm unhappy at my job, I feel a little like I feel under, undervalued at my job, if we're stressed out, we'll, we won't say to them, oh, I know how that feels, that's really hard, that's difficult, because we don't feel we can hold their sadness or their issues. What we do is we instead try to fix them. So uh, we will try to get rid of their suffering, their emotions. We won't try to listen empathetically because we don't feel we have any place to hold them. So, uh, so um, this inability to uh, hold other people, to be empathetic, to be to uh, mirror other people's emotions, is very much a sign of. Uh, underlying stress. And then there's also our own emotional uh, well-being. When we are feeling this underlying level of, of stress and tension, when we feel sad or when we feel upset or hurt or, hurt or wounded, we don't have enough space to hold it. So we seek drugs or diversions or some way to make it go away. And um, in this sense, uh, what we do is we create a vicious feedback loop. Because the more we can't hold emotions and process them and become aware of them, the more we repress, the more we repress and compartmentalize the mind, that takes a lot of mental energy, a lot of effort, on top of the fact that we are still in a state of activation where we haven't returned the breath to... Uh, normal. We haven't uh, relaxed the, the the muscle groups that are tense. We haven't uh, settled the mind. So what we do is we create even more discomfort within. And the more uncomfortable we are within, the more we seek to solve our discomfort externally, because we feel so uncomfortable when we begin we begin to be aware of the body when we uh, when we turn to meditate or to become mindfully aware, if there's all this agitation, all this tension, all this tightness, this mind that won't settle down, it becomes very hard for our practice. And we then can bounce back again and again, looking for the solution externally. And this running away from unpacking the internal stress, the internal activated states, basically creates this uh, consistent inability to relax 
become fully present, to sit and hold our emotional life, to be open and available to other people. And it keeps us in a place where we're just, we view everything in life as a fire that needs to be put out. Even the people we love and we care about, we don't have the emotional space anymore to hold any form of empathy. So this, uh, the practice of deactivating ourselves is really, really important. I would argue it's just as important as having uh, a daily meditation practice to have times throughout the day where we have what I'll just call for a lack of a better term, mindfulness pit stops. Um, and these are times when we stop, we pause, we pull away from the dramas and the stories, and there will be dramas and stories that justify us uh, keeping involved and having to deal. I don't have time for that. that that's another thing about... Uh, constantly being uh, activated uh, in an exhaust state is that we have these, um, what the Buddha called uh, Didi Upadanas, these, these justifying thoughts and dramas that if I don't do this, if I don't deal with this, it's all going to fall apart. Um, there's nothing more symptomatic of the person who's overly stressed than the statement, it's all going to fall apart unless I deal with it. Can I help you? No! Is there anything I can do? No! Nobody helps me! Can I help you? No! <laughs> so you don't want to help. I do want help, but nobody helps me! Okay, well, would you like me to be of No, I don't want you to be of any help. Nobody helps me. So we keep this, these, these stories about how each thing, if it isn't dealt with, it's going to fall apart, and we tend to exaggerate our importance, our irreplaceability, uh, our inability to take time off, to stop, to pause, to rest, because it's all going to go to hell if we take care of ourselves. So there's all this ideology that goes along with it, and the key is to have times during the day where we literally take literally a, a minute and a half at most, pull out of the um, the the narrative. The, the dramas, the fixation on the external, the, uh, the state of hurriedness, which is another sign of being activated where we can't slow down. Another sign is where we just can't stop. We just can't, there, the mind that can't settle because it's constantly pulled to this or to that. All these things, what we need to do is first stop, find the breath. This is the first part, 30 seconds. Find the out-breath and make it very long. What that'll do is it activates your parasympathetic nervous system, triggers the vagus nerve, goes up to your insula. Insula says, hey, everything's okay. I'm breathing really long. Nothing I need to do. Don't need to be worked up. It's all okay. The, the amygdala and the sympathetic nervous system will not will not pay attention to your logical mind. You can't talk yourself into relaxing, but you can, simply by changing your out-breath, you can start this process, stretching it out, stretching out the out-breath. That's the first part. Second part, find the areas in the body that are tense, that are tight, that are held. Um, the big groups to look for are in the stomach, the chest, 
the shoulders, and the face. Uh, these are the areas that from infancy we hold a lot of old uh, stress, emotion, generally um, fear, uh, and for a lot of reasons why it's held in the stomach, why we contract our stomach when we're frightened, if we feel disappointed and hurt, uh, up against it, uh, abandoned by other people, will be in the chest. If the shoulders are very tight, it means we feel overwhelmed. That's the fight-or-flight reflex or activation. And if the face is tight, it might often be very uh, symptomatic of anger. Um, so just scan from the face down to the shoulders, chest, and belly, and relax. So that's the second 30 seconds. First 30 seconds, extend the out-breath. Second 30 seconds, relax the front of the body. The last 30 seconds is what we simply would call settling the mind by bringing to mind a visualization of um, something that brings peace, something that makes you feel calm. So, uh, or it can be a visualization or it could be just the phrases of meta. I like meta. Um, so just the phrase, holding your image in your mind, I love you, keep going, I love you, keep going. 30 seconds of that. You do that for a minute and a half, three times a day, you will be sure that at least for three times a day, you have deactivated yourself and have switched on the parasympathetic nervous system and returned yourself to a state where you are no longer going to be running around in exhaust mode. Sounds pretty good, right? Okay, good. A uh, couple of things. Uh, that's all you need to do, those three steps. You do those three steps. If I, if I had any smarts, I would have trademarked that, but no, I gave it all away for you. The least you can do is take advantage of it and use it. I'm not going to see a penny for this. So there you go. Use it. Uh, are you, other people, smart people, they're like, they would have charged you $19.95. I'll give you the first, the, first, the first thing. You pay another two installments of $19.95, I'll give you the other two. And then for a weekly, a low monthly fee, I'll, I'll repeat them. Um, am I intelligent enough to do that? No, of course not. So, uh, there you go, free of charge, use it, keep yourself deactivated, don't work yourself up into a state of exhaust where you're going to uh, not only create a lot of uh, physical damage to yourself, but you're going to find it very difficult to be in emotionally tolerant relationships with the people you care about. Um, a couple of things to bear in mind as we do these things. The first is we need to um, have uh, some kind of visual reminders or some kind of cues to do it because the world is a very uh, alluring place. Uh, there's nobody out there going to go, did you do your mindfulness today? It would be a fuck of a better world if there was, but although that would be an irritating person as well. We'd probably hate that. So maybe not, but uh, there's nobody asking you about that. There's people who at work will ask you if you did the stuff that you're supposed to do. There'll be your parents will ask you if you're married or have a job or when are you going to have kids or whatever the fuck they're going to ask you about. Uh, but they're not going to ask you if you did your mindfulness today. Very few parents do that. So um, we need to ourselves develop that, that, uh, those reminders. Literally, the, the word that the Buddha used for mindfulness is to remember. Because it's so hard to focus inwards. And we're so tempted to, to find happiness 
by getting everything in the world dealt with to make people behave the way we want them to behave, to deal with the, the dramas. And what happens is, even if we do deal with certain dramas, we never deactivate because the mind doesn't note when we've dealt with an external situation. It only notes when the body has fully come to a state of rest. So even if you've dealt with a crisis, if you don't take time to relax, breathe, unwind, your sympathetic nervous system is not going to shut off, and you're going to stay in that activated state. So it's really important to develop this process. Things I do, I have a desktop, and my desktop on my computer, I don't mean a literal desktop, I mean on my Mac, and it says breathe. You can get them anywhere. You just like uh, you, some people have a Buddha. Some people have something that. So the, every time they turn on that computer, the first thing they see is something that says, "Be mindful. Take a break." Uh, somebody I work with, one of the people I mentor, she uh, went so far as to buy one of those um, bracelets that that make you every ninety minutes get up and do something, and she uses it as a, a mindfulness thing. She gets up stands somewhere, closes her eyes, breathe. Fucking amazing, right? Uh, that's a thing we can do. Some people, I have uh, uh, these things from all the retreats I've taught. We do the ceremonies. I see them. It reminds me to be mindful. I got actually a lot of Buddhist tattoos. You don't have to go that far. Um, don't, don't. Well, he said. <laughs> So, um, uh, literally having it on the phone, I have uh, I've at times used little um, things to remind me for my mindfulness check-in. So, whatever you do, um, some people have a little Buddha statue on their desk. Really, um, anything you can do to help you uh, create the causes and conditions for you stopping and checking in. Really, 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 really important. Um, Another skill to develop is to begin to question sometimes the priorities in life. We tend to prioritize things pretty weirdly. We can really begin to believe that every crisis and work is more important than taking time to stop during the day, go outside, uh, detach from the dramas or the narratives that keep us uh, stressed, um, to keep, that keep us reactive. If, in my experience, we are not at our most efficient when we keep ourselves constantly engaged hour after hour after hour. If we are uh, falling into that trap, it's really important to question it to reprioritize, and, and some exercises that help us reprioritize is reflect occasionally on your life and ask, what are the things that are the most important to me? And generally, as we say, those of us who've done any hospice work or work uh, with people who face grave health issues, very few people uh, at end of life or facing uh, real um, uh, health, uh, serious health conditions say, well, I wish I spent more time dealing with emergencies at work. It's just, not, you never hear that. I've never heard that. 
you never will. Nobody, no human being will ever say that sentence. Well, I, I wish I was, I stayed a little later at work to deal with. It. It's just nobody, no human being has ever said that at the end of life. And yet, people will do that. They will work eight, nine hours straight without taking a break, literally believing that they don't have the time to pull away to take care of themselves. And believe me, you will use up the dopamine in your brain, you will not be able to focus, you'll not be creative unless you pull away, unless you deactivate yourself. Um, it's really important to do this. Um, some other skills that really also will be of benefit is um, forgiveness. The more we carry around petty resentments, um, I'm not talking about your father, your mother, uh, that's what therapy is for, or the big, you know, uh, the big, you know, production forgiveness. But the petty ones that we carry around about the people we work with, the roommates, the friends who don't return the call, the siblings who we think get more love from our parents than we do, whatever the story is, try to release it because those will keep you activated as well. And the more we can't let go of resentment, the more we can't let go of the dramas that keep us activated all the time. There's no better practice for letting go of all the catastrophes and the crises that we believe or, you know, we have to deal with than the experience of forgiving. The Buddha used the word for uh, forgiving, he, he, kama, which means a mind like the earth. It's, a, he said, a very strong mind, a very healthy mind that can let go of carrying around all the little um, uh, resentments that keep us viewing other people as obstacles or in our way. Um, there's another, uh, Patisaraniya, which is the Buddha's word for uh, the process of forgiving. And that involves, he said, reflecting on how we all make mistakes, and we've all done things that let other people down. And when we are really, really stressed out and pushed into this mode of doing, activating, having to fix, solve everything, and we can't be internal, then we forget that we've done, we've made mistakes in our lives. We tend to, when we're pushed out there, we focus on all of the errors and how everybody else is an obstacle to us and in our way, and we tend to forget and lose track that we've, at times, needed forgiveness, and we've, at times, acted unskillfully. So patisaraniya is this remembrance to stop, check in. Is this really true? Is, am I constantly the only one who's showing up? Am I the only one who's being you know, uh, diligent in this relationship? Am I the only one who's putting in effort? The stories that we carry that create resentments, can we investigate them? Can we look at them? Very important. And um, uh, another, before I stop, is metta. The practice I mentioned in the, uh, as the third part of settling the mind. It's really useful to bring meta into life wherever we can. There's nothing that keeps us in that activated state as staying in that realm where everybody we see in the street is somehow in our way or we're, we're indifferent or we don't feel any connectedness. The more we feel 
us against the rest of humanity, the more we are defensive, armored, uh, engaged, the less we can settle and relax. In, in a very powerful way, I actually shoot meta-bullets at people. <laughs> Don't worry, they won't hurt you. I'll, when I'm in that place where I can just as easily go, get that fuck out of my... I was, it was the other day, it was Saturday, it was raining. Louis C.K. said, uh, as an adult, he spends his life always within two hours of a bathroom emergency. <laughs> and I was like, within two hours of a bathroom emergency, I really wanted to get to a toilet. And it was raining, and suddenly every, every place I was in was filled with tourists who were stopping and staring at nothing! <laughs> at nothing! Of course, for them it was something, but I can't be on my life as hard to see here! What the fuck? No, you can't stop in the middle of the street. <laughs> no, he bought an umbrella. <laughs> you, you, you. But no, I'm a Buddhist teacher. I can't do that. But I'm still. <laughs> so I was sending them meta bullets. I was like, maybe, happy, maybe, happy, maybe, happy, maybe, happy. What actually happened is I wound up deactivating myself. I, I, I was in this place of, you know, I'm going to shit my pants in a half an hour and I should get out of the way. I went to a place of, okay, I can. That's why they come to Dharma once I have to. So, yeah, so that's what we want. We want to get to a place where we don't shit our pants and we, we shoot people mad. So, uh, I think I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Always when the ship of pants comes out, that's a good sign that it's time to... So, the, again, the key, if you take away anything, is deactivate. Stop, check, breathe, extend the out-breath, relax the front of the body, the face, shoulders, chest, belly, think meta-thoughts. I thank you for coming. Now we'll have time for questions. If you do leave now, if you can help with the rent so that we can, we're not always struggling.